Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio. We are so glad you could join us for this message from Pastor Wilson. In this sermon, Brother Wilson will help you understand what true faith in Jesus is. We pray this message titled, Faith, will be a blessing to you. James chapter 2 and verse 17 says, Even so, faith, if it have not works, is dead, being alone. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, that name that is above all names, that name that every knee shall bow. Father, it's that name we can approach your throne this morning. We can ask for your blessings. We can ask for your grace, your mercy. Put your hand and your anointing up on this word this morning, Lord. Not for man's glory, but for your glory, Lord. Let the name of Jesus Christ be exalted in word and praise. And we ask it in Jesus' name, and we say amen. We have to put our faith in action. We're going to talk about faith this morning, and we cannot talk enough about faith. Faith is at the very heart of Christianity. It's what Christianity really is when you get down to the very bottom of it, is faith in a the correct object. We, I know that we can sit in church, and there's nothing wrong with going in deeper subjects, but we can get in church and say, boy, I wish we could you know, study something besides the simple things, but we can never exhaust the subject of the cross. There's no way you can never exhaust it. If it seems repetitious in, uh, that we're talking too much about it, then you've not got it. I'm not saying anybody here feels that way, but if you think we're talking too much about the cross, you don't understand the cross. And I, I, I've been that way at that point in my life when I, about the second or third year I was saved and I was listening to the people, the major ministry that has had that revelation to bring this message back to the church world, I got to thinking, well, you know, it just seems like they just, this is all they talk about. They keep saying it and they keep saying it. You know, can't you talk about something else? And then the Holy Spirit showed me that how I was wrong that this subject, this is what needs to come from the pulpit the majority of the time. I'm not saying you have to get up in the pulpit and say the cross, the cross, the cross every Sunday and every Wednesday night. But somewhere in that message, you should remind people. But today, this message is going to concentrate specifically on that message and the faith that we should have. We're saved by faith. No other way. Please, you've got to be reminded of that constantly. I've got a couple of teachers in here, and you know that repetition is the best teacher. You teach something over and over, and you, you spend 12 years in high school, and they teach and teach, and you really in life after that, if you continue to learn, you go to college, or you take a study at home course. It's repetition that teaches you. Please be reminded this morning that we're saved by faith, and faith alone, nothing else. No one can be saved by keeping a law. Now, we, we think we understand that most of the time, and we think we've got it down, but we really don't. I, I was reminded again this morning when Glenn was teaching, it brought back to my memory a man that come here to the church, and him and his wife. I sensed something was off with him. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Just discernment told me he's not here for the right reasons. He wanted to join the church and different things. I said, well, brother, let's just slow down a little bit. Let's take it easy, and, you know, if you, you stay here a while, you can join the church later. I'd rather not do it right now. But about the 
maybe the third time he come, he revealed what he was here for. He said, well, I got a cousin that he preaches the cross. I said, really? Yeah, man, he listens to Jimmy Swagger and he preaches it. I, now, when I first started, I'd have probably said, well, just tell him to come on down. But having a little bit more wisdom after years have passed by, I said, well, let me hear a tape or something by him. And he brought a, a CD, and I listened to it. And I mean, it was pretty good all the way through until he got to the point about sanctification, what your faith in Christ and what he's accomplished gives you the power to live. And this is what he said. If you're struggling with sin and you can't overcome it, you might need to lock yourself in the room. I had to. You might need to do that for upwards to a year. I'm thinking, now he, this man locked himself in a room for up to a year. And I can tell you this was sad news. He's no longer preaching. You know, there was no victory in what he was teaching. It may seem right on the outside. Go lock yourself and get away from the world and you can meditate and be away from sin and you'll have victory over sin. And in itself, that doesn't sound like too bad of an idea. To some extent, separating yourself from the world. There's nothing wrong with separating yourself from the world. I think we could all probably afford to do that even more. But that's not going to give you victory over sin by separating yourself, your own actions by doing something. See, when you have the correct faith, when you understand this message, you'll start separating yourself from the world by the power of the Spirit, not by your actions. Amen. No one can be saved by good works. Now, we're going to do some good works for children, for the elderly, with us specifically, and we're going to do a good work for children overseas. That is a good work, and we should be doing it. But there are going to be many thousands that participate in those ministries that think they have earned something with God for that. We think that because we did, uh, I come to church this morning, I put my tithes in, I said amen when Brother Wilson told me to, and I'm a good Christian. And there's truth in that. I mean, you're, you're probably far more advanced in your walk than 99% of the Christians out there if, the, if you do those things. But that law, that keeping of that law, that good work does not save you. That's not what is going to get you into heaven. Well, you preach this all the time, Brother Wilson, and I'm going to continue to preach it. Until the day call, God calls us home or raptures us out of here, this has to be preached to the unsaved and the saved. It has to be. No one can be saved apart from this one simple fact. You cannot make it into the kingdom of God except you have faith in Christ and His finished work. That's it. There's nothing else. Nothing else. The church should be as a whole. I'm going to include us. The church, it should make them tremble and be concerned. That this message is not preached more often. And that we are not seeing the conversions that we used to see. There used to be a time you could say, we got a revival. Sister Denise knows what I'm talking about. We got a revival. And people would flat. They'd get all the unsaved people they think about and they'd drag them in. You're going to hear it, wouldn't they? Had we going to this revival? Not so anymore. And I can tell you why it's happening. There's no power in anything else. There's no power to change men or women in any other message. 
There's only one message that will set the captive free. And that, whatever you want to call it. When I was at Stonefield, the preacher called it the blood of Christ. I've, I've heard uh, Brother Hewlin Evans preach that it's by being dead in Christ. And this is what Hewlin Evans said. I, I've listened to it many times. But he said, if there's any hope for us, any whatsoever, it is in this one fact. That is faith in Christ. You are dead in Christ. He said that. Dead in Christ. I've heard Jimmy Swaggart call it the message of the cross. I've heard Lauren Larson say Christ in him crucified. You know, there's a number of different ways you can say it, but it's just one simple thing. That man, Jesus Christ, the second person of the triune Godhead, took up a bodily form, born of a virgin, and he come here to earth, and he ascended to the cross, and then went to the depths, and arose again, resurrected on the third day. And your faith in that, and letting him change you by the power of the Spirit, that's what saves you. You want to call it something simpler? Your faith in Christ and him crucified saves you. How important is that this morning? Now, we brush it off and say, well, we've heard all that. This, what I'm preaching to you this morning is going to become so important to you that day that you leave this earth or you're raptured out of here. It will mean everything. So what price can we put on eternity? What price can we put on hearing that message more and more? There's no... There's nothing we can excuse ourselves with and say, I've heard it all, or I, I know that already. I don't think we know it enough when we take that kind of attitude. And I'm, to, I'm speaking to myself because I've been there. I've been in that place where we're just saying too much about it. I, surely I can preach a different message, something to make everybody feel better about themselves. I've wrestled with that many times on Saturday night. And the Holy Spirit, if you're listening, will always bring you back to Calvary. It doesn't matter what we want. It matters what God wants you to hear. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. So there's the direction. You can't go to the Father except through Christ. Then he went on to say, follow me, deny yourself, and take up your cross Daily. When I first heard this, I heard the preacher preach about it. He said, this is the verse about daily living for God, to have your faith in Christ and what he's accomplished. I said, it don't sound like it. And then I started thinking and going to keep studying the word. And, you know, the fact hit me that, well, you know what? If, I was cruci- if, if he was talking about going to the cross literally and hanging, You can only do that one time. You can't do that daily. You can only hang on that cross one time to death. So he must be talking about my faith and what he's accomplished for me. And he's speaking to the saved. He said, you can't come to the Father but through me. And then he continued on and said, And if you want to follow after me, you have to take up your cross daily. This power for Christ to draw men come through Calvary. 
There is one verse that is misquoted so many times. Even some of your favorite ministers misquote this verse. They'll say it, they'll use it in praise and worship. And if Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw them in to me. That's not what it says. You've heard it a bunch. That's what people say. If I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw them in to him. So start praising him, everybody. But here's what the verse really says. If I, I be lifted up from the earth, then I'll draw them in to me. If I go to Calvary and I hang between heaven and earth, then I'll draw them in to me. There's no other drawing power to save people. There is no other drawing power to sanctify somebody. If you're trying to live for God any other way, it'll never work. You want to know why we become down and out in the muddy grubs? You know why we lose our zeal for God? And religion starts setting in and then, I heard Lauren Larson say it like this, a lot of Christians are like old cars. First they start missing and then they just quit. Thank you for listening to Power of the Cross Radio. We do not sell any advertising on this station. So, we need your help to keep bringing the message of the cross to the world. Go right now to www.cross.radio and click on how you can help. There you can donate by secure means with debit card, credit card or PayPal. Remember, even the small amounts add up. We thank you in advance for your support and prayers. God bless. And you know why? Because we don't take up our cross daily. We get away from that and we think we've learned everything. We don't know nothing when we're in that shape. There is but one faith we need. So faith is the correct object that will save us. In Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 9, and God up here to help you out, for by grace you're saved through faith, and not of yourselves, is the gift of God, not works, lest any man should boast. Here's what you have to understand about this simple faith. When that day comes, and we're standing at the throne, this is why God does not allow works to save us. You know, every other religion in this world has some method or you have to do a ritual. You have to keep something. Not Christianity. You just simply have to believe and God will take care of the rest. Because that day comes, you're standing at His throne. There will be no, man, look at all I did, Lord. I got that radio set up and I stuck with it, Lord. Look, thousands of people got saved. We got that sanctuary finished and Boy, somebody come in behind me. Look what we did. That's not going to spend in God's economy in heaven. God's not concerned with all that. God really, you know, people think God is super concerned with a lot of things that we develop and we do. When in reality, God is concerned really about one thing. Your faith and the correct object. I'm not telling you that we shouldn't build this or we shouldn't do a certain mission. Sure, God's going to give us mission fields. Sure, God's going to give us things to do. But when it's all said and done, at the end of the day and the end of the journey, God is concerned about one thing with you, the most important thing. He wants your faith to rest in Christ and what He's accomplished for you. Then you can live this life. Then you will have that zeal and that fire. You'll be like uh, the prophet said, 
I got a fire shut up in my bones. And you, you just start, you know, you can, you can leave your first love, but you can have that fire rekindled again inside of you. As long as you're breathing God's air, it's never too late. I love that. <laughs> as long as you're breathing God's air, it is never too late. Nobody's going to be able to stand in heaven and say, God, look what I did. God's going to say, what did you believe? Now, we've established the fact of faith. But James comes along and says something that just seems to contradict everything I just said. James comes along and says, well, you can have all the faith you want, but if you're not doing anything, it's for nothing. So that just, and you, at first glance, you think, well, he just shot down everything you said, Brother Wilson. It's, uh, it sounded like he just kind of did away with everything Paul taught. But as you start learning the Word, you discover that it meshes. And it comes together. And he's trying to tell us something that is so very important in our Christian walk. Profession of faith alone does not save you. My friends, what good is it if you have faith when you don't do anything to show that you really have faith? You know, that kind of faith, it'll save you. If no one ever sees it, what good did it do you to talk anything about it? You know, an auto mechanic. Now, if an auto mechanic, if I carry my car to him and I say, I need you to fix my brakes, and he can't fix my brakes, I don't think he's an auto mechanic. If I go to Denise's restaurant, and I say, Denise, I want a steak. And she says, well, we don't know how to cook steaks. Well, I would think they're not a restaurant if they didn't have a cook back there. If I, if I, if I went to Brother Fred and I said, Fred, I, I'd like you to drop off some cargo for me over in Texas. Well, I don't even know how to get that truck out of gear. I wouldn't think he's a truck driver. So, if you say you're a Christian, and you don't show up to church, you don't tithe, you don't pray, and you're living like the devil, what are you? Because you speak it out your mouth doesn't make you a Christian. Here's the big one. This is the big one in Christianity. You say you're a Christian, but you don't forgive. Ooh. You say you're a Christian, but you don't love your brothers and sisters. Hmm. Because if you say that you love God, but you don't love your brothers and sisters, John the Beloved said you're a liar. And you make God out to be a liar. That's what I'm talking about. Profession only doesn't save you. The word we need to focus in on is say. We say we're this. We say we're that. So if by profession of my mouth I say I'm a Christian. But there's no, there's no fruit being born in my life. I'm not a Christian. You know, think of it. Let's go back to the auto mechanic. Now if I carried my car to the auto mechanic... And he tried to fix my brakes and failed and messed up the job. So I'm sorry, I messed up, I'll redo it. But I told Fred I, I need this del package delivered and he flips my whole cargo over in the middle of the road. 
says, I'm sorry, Brother Wilson, but I'm going to pick it up, and I'm, I'm going to carry it, and I'm going to get it right. And Denise brings me a steak that's burnt. She said, I'm sorry, but or blood running out. It's raw. I ain't cooked right. She said, I'll, I'll get you another one. There's still a truck driver. There's still a mechanic. There's still a cook. And it is in your Christian walk. God's not asking for perfection. He's just asking you to walk. He's just asking you to be a Christian. When I say that, I, when I say being a Christian, I'm not speaking of perfection. I'm speaking of just being a Christian. Likewise, Paul agreed with James because he said this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. When you get saved, you change. And if you hit backslid, and that, and you started reverting back to old ways or some things have never changed, it's time to come back to that faith that saved you. It's time to come back to Calvary. It's time to have that childlike faith again. You know, Jesus gave us the greatest lessons we ignore. This is one lesson that I, I, I never forgot from the day I learned it. And I haven't been a Christian that long since 2005. Many of you have been a Christian much longer than I've been pastoring. But in 2005 when I got saved, I think right off one of the first lessons that I learned in Christianity is when Christ told the story. It wasn't a story. He was sitting there. And he said, let the kids come to me. And they were trying to block the kids. He said, no, don't bother him. He's busy. And he said, no, don't suffer him. Don't stop him. Let him come to me. And he gathered around. And, you know, they recognized Jesus for who he was. If I told a little child, I, it, Jesus is standing out that front door, they would run and go look. If I told Alicia, don't you go out that front door, uh, Jesus is out there, she would look at me. Say, now, Brother Wilson... That's any of us. We get older. But when you accept this by faith and you're like a little child and you just believe all things, you just trust in Him, that's the kind of simple faith Christ is looking for out of you. But you know what? You'll change. A child changes very easily because they have no ingrained thoughts and patterns and they have no set ways. And that's what God wants out of us. We're born again. We're new. We're a new creation in Christ. Moving on. Faith that does not produce a spiritual life does not save. Faith that does not produce works in your life is a counterfeit faith. If it's not producing things in your life, if it's not bringing forth that fruit that the Bible tells us in Galatians that should come out of your life in chapter 5, if that fruit is not being born in your life, you know the fruit of the Spirit... If those things are not happening in your life, you can say all you want, but you might want to question your salvation. You might want to get on your knees before God and ask if you're truly saved. Faith in Christ, and without exception, always produces this, a new life. Always. It will make you over. There, when a person truly accepts Christ, it does not make them perfect, but it does make a new person without exception every single time. It, it always, without exception, produces a new person that you can see a physical and spiritual change in almost immediately. And then as they grow in their walk, it, it comes day by day. It comes a little bit stronger. It comes in different ways of growing here a little, there a little. It happens in your life. 
There, there is power. There's power in the cross to live for God. This is not a new concept. That old hymn we sang this morning is power, power, not power, power. Read it. Some hillbilly somewhere wrote that. Power. I mean, there's wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. This was back when, when Paul was preaching to the churches and founding the churches. This is the message that Christ gave him. That there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Paul wasn't always exciting in his messages. Are you sure? Yeah, I know one time he got to preaching. It must have been so boring, a little boy fell out of wind and killed himself. Not how exciting the preacher is. It's not how exciting the church is. It's not about how much smoke machines and flashing the church has and all the organization. There is one thing that will give you power to live this life. And that is faith in the correct object. And here's something about it. Nobody can make an excuse. Jesus turns no one away. Not one single person has he ever turned away. The world will turn you away. The church will turn you away. Denominations will chew you up and spit you out. Religion will chew you up and spit you out. But there's one that won't. There's one that will stick closer than a brother. And his name is Emmanuel, God with us. He's the lily of the valley. The bright morning star. He's the first born from the dead. His name is Jesus Christ. So if one does not try to live according to the word, they're just making excuses. That's all they're doing. And you know people that make excuses. You may have a little fun down here on this earth with running down preachers and churches and Doing your thing. Enjoy the season. Because there'll be one day that those excuses, those excuses will come back to haunt them one day. But Lord, he's going to say, no, depart from me. All, and I like what Jesus said, though. The invitation is, will never change. All that the Father give me shall come to me, and he that cometh to me, and I will no wise cast out. The invitation is for anyone that wants a new life. It's also for you that are not living right. If you're struggling in your walk with Christ, that invitation is still there. I will in no wise cast you out. You know, you could fail a million times over I have watched preachers when they fail and they commit some grave sin that they shouldn't. But still, I've heard these statements from the church in our own denomination. I could forgive them the first time, but I can't the second. They're not reading the same Bible I am. Because Jesus said in no wise, I'll cast you out. I'm never done with you. There's nothing you could do to separate the love of God from you except you just completely and totally turn your back on God. You cannot push God that far away from you. He will never stop loving you. He said, in no wise shall I cast you out. So if you're struggling today, and you're a Christian, you're saved, but you feel yourself slipping, 
And I, and I feel like I'm just hanging on by a thread, Brother Wilson. Just remember that Jesus said, and no wise, no wise, I'll cast you out. I will not. Let me put it simply. I'm never going to leave you. That door is always open. It's like your mama that loves you without, without exception. And you think about the things we do to God. How many times have we trampled on the blood of Christ? How many times have we uh, crucified Him afresh? How many times have we looked to something else and turned away from Him? Just how many times? But the invitation is always, the door's open. I will not shut that door on you ever, ever. The Holy Spirit is the guiding force in this whole process. Got to move on. Faith based merely on facts does not save. Does not save. People, there's many in this world that want facts. I want to see it in action. You know, the demons fell down in front of Christ. They recognized who He was. They, they recognized that Christ was Lord, that He had power to destroy demons. They fell in front of Him and said, don't, we don't want nothing to do with you. Please leave us alone. They knew the facts, but that didn't save them. You know, faith believes without hesitation. You know, faith believes the unseen. I've never touched Christ. I've never had Him stand directly in front of me and feed fish or bread to me. I've never had Him touch me physically in the person. I've never seen heaven with my own eyes. I've, I've had some vision, but I've never stood there like some of the great prophets. I've never stood in the third heaven. But faith reaches beyond what I see. Faith reaches into places the human eye can't see. Faith reaches into the unknown, things I can't see. And I believe because I know what He's done in my life. And it believes without hesitation. God has but one way. It's faith in the finished work of Christ that saves and cleanses and changes a soul forever. This brings us to the end of this message. We hope you have been blessed by it. If you would like to send us comments, questions, or prayer requests, email us at info at or fill out the online contact form on our website at cross.radio. More messages are available on our home church website page grenadachurch.com sermons. God bless and stay tuned to Power of the Cross Radio. More great music and messages are on the way.